Whenever I listen to Tim and his panel of guests, my toes begin to curl, and I feel just the right amount of tingling all over my aching body. Now, let's get back to the show. <laughs> Hello. Yes, this is Blanche, and how did you get this number? And better yet, why am I even talking to you? I don't like you. Matter of fact, I hate you. You can just tear up my number and then go climb back under your slimy rock with all the rest of your slimy friends. And don't you ever call here again. Nathan. Hello, hello, hello. Have we spoken to you since you went to an audience with? I can't remember. I think we've spoken. I don't think I've been on the show or anything. Oh, this um, is a terrible thing because people knew you were getting dressed up. You were going there. Was it as good as you'd hoped? It wasn't anywhere near as exciting as I was expecting it to be. I was right in the back. Uh, oh. <laughs> we didn't realise how far up we were. You typical British though, really. I mean, what do you do this for? I mean, it's not the 1800s anymore. What's this class system? You have Lenny Henry up the front and Nathan, a real fan, he's, he I can know. touch the ceiling. By the way, if you looked up, you could see Philip Schofield flat against the roof trying to get a peek. Yeah, <laughs> Philip Schofield, yeah. <laughs> well, he's not down no there comment. with the elite anymore, is he? No, he certainly isn't. No comment. <laughs> but was it a good show? Oh, she did. She did fantastic. She didn't even have to retake anything. Um, but quite, quite hilariously, the most interesting part that I found, um, and I've seen a lot of people re rejecting that she said this, but she did. Um, the most interesting thing that I that I got from the entire show was she said, oh, I'd love another Padam. And then she said, I'm working on another Padam. Which mm. I just, I, yeah, I was, the moment she said that, I was like, all of my suspicions are being confirmed right now. And I was so happy to hear her say it. What I want to know is, from watching the TV special, what was going on in between? Because I can see that she was coming out with costume. Like, was it done like a television production where they'd come out and reset the stage and you just had to sit there and the lights would come back on? Or was it a proper Kylie concert, like back to back? Um, no, it was it was a it was like done like a TV show. Um yeah, it was quite it was quite funny though. She um for example, um I'm not sure if you've seen the actual advert for it. But she stood on the stage advertising um, an audience with Kylie. And she said, oh, an audience with me or something like that. Um, and she actually, obviously she recorded that in the middle of the show. And it was just quite funny to watch her do it and watch her do this thing that obviously we were going to see being advertised. It's so cool when you get to see behind the scenes like that. I yeah, love it. yeah. She, she did a couple of like exclusive performances um, and stuff like that. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Exclusive meaning they didn't air on TV. Yeah, she did let it snow for some reason. <laughs> I saw that weird thing on YouTube. Yeah, where yeah, she forgot she did, her step. Um, she did love at first sight, but that was actually an online exclusive in the end. But they didn't have any intention of using it. So people have been complaining about the Time to Talk podcast. They're saying, oh, you're not doing any Kylie this year. You haven't done any Kylie. So, Nathan, you're here to rectify all of that. Now, oh, we'll, we'll sort that out right away. We'll sort but it out. All I yeah. want to say, though, I've been absolutely cackling at the comments on your Michael Jackson one. Absolutely cackling at all of the absolutely hate-filled Michael Jackson fans. Um, and that's all I've got to say on it. It's been really, it's so been really unreasonable. Like honestly, Michael Jackson fans, like uh, 
I mean, I'll do a follow-up co- podcast, so I'll put more thought into it. But very briefly, what I would say is that the majority... First of all, I'm in hiding because it's pretty severe. <laughs> yeah, literally. This, this is about as severe as it gets from a podcasting yep. point of view. They're after <laughs> me. They've got my email. There's one guy who just... he He's he's told me he's on a mission. He's going to get me. Well, I I'm mean, glad it made I, you cackle anyway. I, surely all you were doing was talking about, like, essentially eyewitness accounts from victims. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't see what else you could do in that scenario. You were you weren't a fly on the wall. No. Well, <laughs> Kylie updates. I mean, look, the most recent one. I'm going to leave the majority of this up to you, so I'm not stealing your thunder. I promise. No, but absolutely. Rebel Wilson. She was pictured with um, Kylie overnight. Um, we love Rebel yep. Wilson. She's obviously a fellow Australian, and she was there with her partner. A very pretty girl, I've got to say. Um, so yeah, that was lovely to see them photographed together. The celebrities are coming out to see Kylie. They are. Aren't they? I mean, was it Sarah? Mich- is it Sarah Michelle Keller who was? Yeah, there that woman out of well. Scooby Doo. Mm. Yeah, love to see her. Like, it's very cute. It's very cute. Apparently, there's been quite a few as well. There and were- the only one who was quite disrespectful by the sounds of it was Christina Aguilera, which isn't really a. Stop it. What did Christina do? Christina wouldn't have been disrespectful to our Kylie. Well, people said that she walked out after like two songs, which I thought was quite rude. But, you know. (laughs) Mm, That would be very, very sassy if that's true. I like to think, I mean, Mm. celebrities often walk in after a show starts and walk out before it ends. But two songs, that's a bit ridiculous. Although, I I don't know how true it is. (laughs) There's only about four songs in the set list. Yeah, literally, literally four, four full length songs. Going back to Sarah Michelle Gellar, you know there's another overlap, don't you? back in the fever era what you mean more 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 being on the scooby-doo soundtrack was more 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 on the scooby-doo soundtrack no i think it was more 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 no no whenever you feel like it was it yeah yeah are you sure oh yeah and there are about two or three versions of it too um i'm very sure because i was alive at the time unlike you <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. I, I can't, can't say much about that one. <laughs> I could have sworn it was. I, I was more, there more. on Napster downloading it, all right. I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> what else has been going on for our Kylie? Well, quite a lot really, isn't there? Um we've had a million award nominations come through, which is obviously absolutely fantastic and not <laughs> not but not fully expected to be honest i don't know about you but i wasn't expecting all of the nominations that she's actually gotten i mean this billboard icon award i was astounded by i yeah, just look i'm i'm not gonna lie i can't keep up and i don't know half the awards but the billboard ones are in los angeles in march as i understand mm. it and apparently quite prestigious i didn't i don't know if i've ever heard of the billboard awards No, I've definitely heard of them. Um, Mm. I've definitely heard of them. I mean, I I don't know if you if you remember, but I'm pretty sure she went out on stage at a Billboard Awards ceremony. Um, It it was in 2011, I think, and she had like a dress on that was it was almost like chainmail, and you could see a bum through it. Mm, I'm gonna have to go and have a look for that. That's for sure. I'll probably know it when I see it. I just I think it was a Billboard Award ceremony. I could be wrong, but I know it was in America, and I'm pretty sure it was. But anyway, um, yeah. So this Billboard Icon Award, I was just astonished by it because the nominee, the people who are receiving awards, is quite a lot of um, quite well-known faces. I mean, that Ice Spice is going to be there taking an award for example. Who the hell is Ice Spice? Is it Vanilla Ice's long-lost cousin? (laughs) No, um, but she's one of the. She's one of the up and coming like people on like I, I assume the rap scene. Um, That's Nathan there with his finger on the pulse. 
yeah, I've been mu- I've been much more um, focused on Padaming at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Can't blame you. But yeah, so she's she's nominated for an award, and she's very big at the moment. Um, <clears throat> and a lot of other people like that, like Charlie XCX is getting one. Um, things like that. It's just, so it's, I, it's very good that she's getting this award. It's lovely to see. The thing is, though, is I know there has been a lot of uproar about um, Padam not receiving a, no- a nomination at the Brits. Um, because mm. she got artist of the year which i think is wonderful um but a lot of people have been complaining about um her not getting the nomination for padam at the brits and i am really disappointed but i do understand the reasoning i, I can't pretend that i think it's completely like, all discriminatory or anything actually because i don't hear i think it's just because it's based on sales and while padam has done fantastically it's done fantastically for Kylie at the moment. It's not What's done the fantastically. That it, best song or something, is it? By a female? Best or? international song. Best be. international song. She, she's not nominated for Padam. No. That is odd, Nathan. It's I mean, based on sales. Is it, though? Is, is that what they say? Apparently well, so, mm, yes. That's a shame, isn't it? I mean... I agree. I think it's a very silly way of doing it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just trying to think back with with Brits um, for Best International Song, which she's won before, I'm sure of it. Well, yeah, um, she has, yeah. And the ones that she won, yeah, I suppose they were high sellers. It was Can't Get You Out of My Head, I'm sure. Yeah, it was. Award exactly, yeah. Because mm, mm. I, I hate the Brits, just out, just to start. I absolutely hate the Brits. Um, I think they are bigots. I think that the entire thing is a sham. I do not like the Brits in any way, shape or form. And I hate that I have to defend them in this scenario because I absolutely despise them. They've neglected Kylie for 12 years. You know, I I can't pretend that that's not happened because it has. Um, But in this one case, (laughs) I'm not as offended as I might have been. Because I mean, I don't like it. I don't respect it. But if she doesn't get nominated, I'm going to scream it from the rooftop. (laughs) No, no, it's not even that. I do understand why she's not in this case. I'm just disappointed. I would have hoped they would have made an exception because of what a huge hit it was in the UK, but they haven't. Oh, look, if she can't get nominated for International Song with Padam, that's just bloody stupid. Um, I've got to say, this Icon Award, I've just been looking it up. This is Mm. not typical of me. I usually have done a bit of homework beforehand. But this Billboard Icon Award, according to what I'm reading here, is always accompanied by a performance. So Kylie's going to be performing. Well, because here we go. So in 2014, it went to Jennifer Lopez and she performed first love celine dion in 2016 share in 2017 janet jackson in 2000 this is like a roll call of my favorite people 2019 i was about to say that that, that this is a fantastic lineup of people to be included with isn't it mariah carey garth brooks oh you can strike him pink in 2021 by the way apparently she's going to be um performing in sydney in a few weeks time that's exciting mary j blige in 2022 so there you go this is exciting she might be performing padam I mean, it'd be fantastic if she did. I've just sent you a link to the the time that she was on the Billboard Awards as well. Okay, thank you. I'll have a little look at that. What um, else has our Kylie been up to while I have a look at this link you've sent me? Well, she, I know that she got that, uh, what was it called? The Triple J list of cool songs. <laughs> yeah, now listen, this is, oh my goodness, doesn't she look great? Um, yes. No, I have never seen this, Nathan. 
she she very much she very much came with the intention of getting attention, and I do think she succeeded. That's definitely Aphrodite era. Um, she looks yes. amazing. Yeah, but it's a lot more <laughs> sexual. It's the Aphrodite look with a quite a sexual turn. Okay, there you go. I'll freeze frame that later, Nathan, when we're not talking to each other. Um, <laughs> Where was I? I'm very distracted now after looking at that. Jeez, that's... So this Triple J amazing. radio station oh, yes. quite... A, it's an alternative radio station, isn't it? I think it's it? called and the G- Hot One. Well, look, um, okay, international listeners, you need to understand this Triple J, or Double J, it might be called now, is a bit like in Britain, your BBC, but it's like meant to be the youth station. It started when I was young to play up-and-coming Australian bands. And then when it started introducing commercial successful mm. music like Kylie there was an uproar like they never played Madonna they never played Kylie and the first time Madonna was played on Triple J it made headlines it was human nature and when Kylie was first played on it which was her imp- uh, a song from Impossible Princess which I think was uh, did it again not did it again was on the list. list yeah I have learned oh well there you go and she won something for that but there was oh it was like outrage because the people that listen to it, they usually have, you know, a safety pin up their nostril and something, you know, tattooed on their backside, that type of, they're goths, <laughs> right? Safety pin up their nostril. Well, it's true. Like they're very awful looking people. And that's no offense to you, Nathan. <laughs> I know you. Like, <laughs> okay. No, it's hysterical. <laughs> well, it's true. In the 90s, like if you're on the school playground and someone went, I'm going to listen to Triple J, like it's like, oh, okay, good on you. Um, but it's very alternative, like you say. But it's yeah. become, over the years, not the station, but one event on that station has become almost as big as Australia Day, which we've just had. And it's the uh, Hot 100. Do you have it in front of you? I think it's called the Hot 100. I think it is the Hot 100. I haven't got it in front of me. That's um, okay. But they count down. But she was and like number 49, 44, something like that. There you go. So she got on it this year. and um, But like I say, if, if that had happened... 20 years ago it would have been as big a headline as when <laughs> she was on it yeah when madonna and kylie made the list it was it was bad news a lot of people tuned out a lot of their regulars to be fair so, though i don't really like i do understand why Padampanam would make a list like that because as much as yes it is a mainstream pop song it's not like a mainstream pop song that you've ever had before kylie's relationship with Australia has been very different to the one with Britain. Like in Britain, even though she got a hard time at the beginning, once you break through in Britain, uh, in England, you are a national treasure and very, very loyal to you. That's what I've noticed about your country. Here she's had this really fickle relationship with the public. Um, She's got a hardcore base. Uh, She's got the respect of most of the media, but it took her a long time to be cool even to this day i'd say so look the triple j um hot 100 is actually a really interesting barometer for how accepted she is at any given time so when she released impossible princess obviously a bit indie alternative and then she made it onto their list and even though it caused headlines there was it was actually a bit of a nod of credibility to her yeah anyway so look kylie's been nominated for a string of awards as you've just said um and she's also, she's back to Vegas again. I know that we all know that she's doing intermittent shows mm-hmm. in Vegas, but she's oh, she's making as many headlines this time as she did the first time. Yeah, I mean, everyone's saying how fantastic it is. It does sound to me like 
we can sit and bitch about the show length as much as we like but perhaps this night as a whole it is better than we can see from looking from a distance <laughs> what it's, you're trying that, to say really politely is because we can't afford to go over there we're just like going to be snobbish about it can we indulge in something together nathan don't be absolutely scared. don't be scared I do love it when she pairs like that. <laughs> How's her voice, Nathan? Oh, she sounds fantastic. Very pretty, isn't it? Yeah, I love it when she just pairs things like, With you. Yeah, it's just such a, such a cute pan. She's a storyteller when it comes to music, isn't she? And yeah, yeah, she does that one justice, I've got to say. Although, I think there are other Elvis songs that I would have preferred her singing. There was one in particular. Now I can't remember what it was. But look, anyway, she it's such a beautiful nod to Elvis. I mean, I, I, to be honest, though, I, I'm not... Um... I'm still not on the side of doing them. <laughs> I think with, I mean, with what, the, the Vegas shot. shows. No, no, no. Um, doing the Elvis covers. Um, I don't understand why. <laughs> oh, hang on a second. All right, this is the first one of the night, so stand by. No, Nathan, you can't say that. You just can't say that. Why on earth shouldn't? Co no, sorry, I'm offended. Very offended. Why? Why shouldn't she do Elvis covers? Is she not good enough to cover Elvis? No, um, Elvis isn't good enough to be covered by Kylie. <laughs> That's go, ridiculous. Let, let him go back in history and just marry 14-year-olds. Oh, stop it. Don't say oh, I that. Went there. They didn't have sex till after she was 17. <sighs> what a queen. That's what, what, what a king he is. Like, I completely believe that that is true. Oh, stop <laughs> it. Times were very different, all right? Stop it. That's I completely it. believe. If, oh, if you say true. one more thing, I've got a, a much worse worse punishment than the the whip. <laughs> All right. You don't anyway, want to know what it this, is. About this seer, um, a potential uh, yeah. seer duet. Yes. What's it called again? Dancing alone. Dance. Yeah, dance on my own or something. I don't, yep. know, I don't even know. Um, and you've heard. It. What do you make of it? Um, not a lot. <laughs> I don't know if that's just me, but not a lot. Yeah, let's have a little listen. I have a really bad feeling, Nathan, that she says, I just want to dance alone. I just want to lose my phone. I know. I thought that oh, as well. Oh, God, I hope that's not the lyric. I hope I'm mishearing that. You know that C has written another song called Kylie Wood. I think I've spoken to you about that before, haven't I? Um, I, I don't know if we've spoken about it, but I have heard it. It's terrible. It's horrific. It really is. It's awful. I it's was hoping Kylie wouldn't come because it's some other artist on that track as well. Um, and she sort of dominates the first third of it. And I'm thinking, oh, well, that's not too bad. Some other artists are talking about Kylie Wood. And then Kylie comes on and it's like, no, don't be part of this. 
Stop. It's awful. Mm. It really is awful. Sia and Kylie, you can be friends. You can love each other. You can pay homage to each other. You can hang out together because they are friends. Mm. But you must stop working together. It's over. It's done. You've tried your best. But no more now. It's done. Well, I was always quite insulted with Sia, though, because, I mean, she wrote she wrote Pretty Hearts for Beyonce, and then she wrote Sexercise for Kylie. And, I mean, don't get me... <laughs> don't get me wrong. I love Sexercise. <laughs> I'm, I'm one of the few. I love Sexercise. Like, I've, I've been through my journey with Sexercise, and I've come out the other end <laughs> loving it. But she wrote pretty hearts for beyonce and then sexercise for kylie i remember actually being quite insulted at the time that she wrote sexercise for kylie after that because pretty hearts had just come out wow <laughs> yeah yeah by the way that big gym ball for younger fans like you who probably don't deserve to hear this but when kylie first made the who magazine most fascinating people of the year which was a big honor back in those days i think it was 94 right um <laughs> Why are you laughing? I haven't even given you the punchline yet. <laughs> Back in the olden days when people could be fascinating. Yeah, That's on. it. You're getting the extra punishment. Here we go. <laughs> You're getting the Yoko. Oh, God. <laughs> and a bit, a bit of that as well. Stop laughing. I haven't even finished the story. Jesus. You know the most fascinating people. Yes, okay, so, and then she did a photo shoot with a pink background, a big dog, and in one of those, she was leaning over a ball just like out of Sexercise. I don't know what you Oh, really? <laughs> yes, so when it came up in Sexercise, I was like, hey, that's from that 94, I think, I'm sure it was 94, 94 cover of Who? I think she was smoking a cigarette, too, in, as part oh of Oh, my goodness, Kylie. I know, Kylie, what are you doing? Do you oh. feel educated now, by the way, or do I have to bring Yoko I found back? that interesting. I found that interesting. I, I just assumed that she was channeling an Olivia Newton-John <laughs> or something. <laughs> you're so rude. I love that. What the way you that mean? you're really... Well, because you're so surprised that you were interested. I've actually found that interesting. I thought I was going to hear one of your stupid old stories <laughs> no, again. No, that one I'm was good. <laughs> oh, my no, God. No, no. What I'm saying, I thought it was more of an Olivia Newton-John sort of reference. What? The ball? With sexercise, oh, yeah. Oh, too um, physical. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, she didn't. She done physical in the, on a night like this tour too, right? Mm. So, yeah. Okay. There's a few different links. I don't mind. A bit that. Jane Fonda-esque sort of thing, you know. A bit Jane Fonda-esque. <laughs> yes. Yes. Especially at this moment, I think this is one of the most important moment, like times in Kylie's career, really. Um, because I would describe Padam as the spinning around of 2023. And you think it's going to be she, 2024 is going to be even bigger. Well, the, I mean, that's the hope, and I think that's Kylie's hope as well. I, I really do think that's Kylie's hope. Um, so from from my perspective, I just hope she's absolutely razor sharp looking forward and seeing what's coming, if you see what I mean. I mean, the only way, though, that I think she can outdo Padam is um, by unveiling a song at Eurovision. I, I really do. Um, what? And by that, I mean... Oh, no, right. Oh, no, okay, so this, this is quite a big... Um, <laughs> no. Um, so, no, hear me out. So you know mm, how Madonna yeah. um, did her performance at Eurovision? It was it was horrific, but it had every... It could have been brilliant. I do think Kylie doing Eurovision in the same way that Madonna did is a really good move for her because yeah. imagine if she'd have unveiled Padam 
on that stage. I don't know. And you it, guys over there have a different idea of Eurovision. I must be missing something. It just seems so cheap, so tacky, so goddamn awful. Well, and, it is. But yeah, that's why Sonya, the, that's why young that? gays love it. <laughs> no, it's true. It's true. That that's why that's why we all love it. Because it is cheap, tacky, and campant, and that's why people love it. And it's become well, something Kylie's of a thing. Cheap and tacky and camp. No, she's not. But she could. She, like neither was Madonna's performance on on Eurovision. Really, I think it that was, was the evidence you need to say big artists shouldn't plop themselves into the middle of bloody Eurovision. What a nightmare! Oh no, I disagree. Annie Minogue's representing Australia, by the way. Apparently, sorry. On February 3, Danny's releasing a new song, and the rumour is that she is going to be entering that into Eurovision. I, I would hate that for her, but I would also love that for her. Oh, stop it. What do you mean by that? That's it. You didn't make any sense. <laughs> no, like, I hate it for her because, like, I hate the idea that Kylie's going to be the sister of a Eurovision entrant. <laughs> <laughs> But I love it for her because it is a good idea for Danny. Well, I just can't wait. If she's been inspired by the song Tension and the song Padam, she is absolutely on a winner. If she could do an album full of that, that's where the album Tension, even though it was great, it really was, but that's where it fell apart because it, it, those two songs were uh, just... I feel like uh, it was almost a, like a palette teaser, Tension. Mm, absolutely. Like, I really do. I feel like she was... She wanted, to, honestly, I, I, and I blame Kylie fans for this. Um, you know, as usual, I'm going to blame you all. When Kylie released Scare in 2013, Kylie fans lost their minds. They were all fucking livid about the, the idea that Kylie would release a song like that. Mm. And she had to veer to the left and try and kind of recoup what the album could be. And I think ever since that time, She's been a little bit cautious about pissing you all off. And I feel like the reason why tension is the way that it is, is because it was almost like a palette, a palette teaser. Like, you know, the, she had the, the much harsher electro songs that obviously are what tension should have been. Um, then there was the more fun cutesy pop songs in the middle then there was the the almost r&b infused ones towards the right and it was like seeing what sticks and obviously the ones that have stuck are very much the electro songs now and kylie's now allowed to to make electro music again thank you kylie fans um <laughs> uh, you know what folks it it took longer than usual, but Nathan finally delivered the punch in the throat to us all. Been <laughs> waiting for it, but there it was, right as we're about to walk out of the fortress. He just goes, oh, "Yeah, I, I thought, oh, this time he hasn't blamed anyone this time." And then he separated. Did you hear no, that? No, no, I blame you, you all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nothing to do with him. His fandom's fine. It's protected species. <laughs> Well, I loved Scout when it came Me, out. Me, who was there, you know, ringing up the record shop for Wouldn't Change a Thing and getting them to order it in on mass. <laughs> you know? No, I, it's all my fault. It's all my fault. You need one of these as you walk out of the fortress, Nathan. Say goodbye to everyone. Oh, I'm I love this. <laughs> I had to get one in there. I had to. <laughs> Sometimes amateurs know best. And the lack of professionalism is all you'll hear on the Time to Talk show. Join Tim and his panel of guests as they wade their way through a range of news, music, and pop culture treats. 
Time to Talk, the show hosted by amateurs for unprofessional listeners. I'll make it up to you, Dorothy, I promise. <laughs> Listen, if there's ever a night where you can't sleep, I'll come to your room and sing Kumbaya. <laughs> <laughs> Rose, I don't know what to say. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> don't ever do that. Thank you for being a friend. Travel down the road and back again. Your heart is true. You're a pearl and a confidant. And if you Teddy, welcome to the Fortress of Pop Culture. Well, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Before we can continue this conversation, Teddy, I need to know, which golden girl are you? I am a Dorothy. You're a Dorothy? I am always the tallest person in my friend group. I am always the most sarcastic. And I've been known to cut people down with a single glance, which all says Dorothy <laughs> to me. <laughs> Uh, so you you don't have the hair that looks like an English judge? I do not. I am a bold black man, uh, so no, I do not. Which golden girl are you? That, uh, I'd probably be Dorothy, almost certainly. <laughs> only only through process of elimination. I'm definitely not a Blanche. I'm definitely not a Rose. I might be becoming a Sophia. So, Teddy, we're going to talk about the possibility, the exciting possibility <laughs> – of a Golden Girls reboot, although I shouldn't say that because there's so many people on fan groups who go, no, never do it, don't, don't touch it, wouldn't watch it. What do you reckon, though? Is it worth a try? I hate to be this guy. However, I'm going to be one of those guys. There's no need <laughs> for it. Some oh, come on, perfect. Teddy, where's your fun? You know, it's just, some things are so perfect. There's no need to touch them. Um, and Golden Girls is one of those things. So many iconic television programs have been remade and almost never is it a good thing. So I wouldn't want the Golden Girls touched. I'm sorry, that's not going to give you much content, but, uh, I gave us a thought and that's the best I could come up with. Like, don't do it. <laughs> All right. Well, no, I like a challenge. I like a challenge because. <laughs> There are exceptions to those reboots that actually work. Um, I'm thinking the American office would be the most obvious one to me. I wouldn't have thought anybody. I was one of them. Don't touch that British office. It's perfect. It, it was rounded out in a small amount of episodes. Don't touch it. But the American office is, um, it's, it's because it was a reimagining. You know, they didn't try to remake it. It was a reimagining. I am going to um, burst a potential bubble. I'm not a fan of the original office, nor the American counterpart. And I know about 27,000 people have just died hearing what I've just said, and I apologize for all deaths that I've caused just now. However, not an office fan. I I've tried my best. I've watched a few episodes, and just not my cup of tea. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. You don't need to have liked it to to dismiss the principle, though. The principle <laughs> being that a reimagining can work. It can be successful. We'll get to that. I, I just want to start with something I found today, which I had no about, that I had no idea about. The Golden Girls Reimagined. Have you heard of this? Well, I've heard of it on like fantasy type things, but... No, this is not a fantasy. You are not dreaming, Teddy. 
you're not dreaming. I, I didn't know about it either. I, I came on to make some notes for this about what I would want to see in a reimagined version of the Golden Girls. And lo and behold, it's been done in 2020. Do you want to hear a little bit about it? Absolutely. How did this slip by me? <laughs> it says this was in 2020. It was a uh, an article in Harper's Bazaar. Dot com. Tonight, the Golden Girls will be reimagined with an all-black cast for a special virtual performance via Zoom. Oh. This must be the days of COVID, right, Teddy? I'm, I'm guessing. Actresses Tracy Ellis Ross. Bzz, yes. Don't know who that is. Regina uh, King. Um, oh, well, every time you say an actress, I'm going to tell you what she's on because I'm a huge television <laughs> aficionado. So Tracy Ellis Ross stars on Blackish. And she's also the daughter of Diana Ross. Get out, really? That's her real daughter, and she stars on Blackish, yes. Regina King, do you know her? Yes, I do. She's uh, a very famous actress. She's an Academy Award winner, and she was most notably known for her first role was on 227. She was Marla Gibbs' uh, teenage daughter on 227. Oh, so she's been around for a while. Alfrey, because she's certainly, if she's a golden girl now and she played a teenager, that's an old show you're pulling up there, I'm guessing. Alfrey Woodward. Sorry, Alfrey Woodard. Woodard, Woodard, yes. She's another Academy Award winning actress. You're Um, joking me. No, no. Oh, I kid you not. Academy Award. I'm not winding you up. Yes. Um, But she's more so known for her film roles as opposed to television. She doesn't do much television, but she's had about at least 50 films. And yes, Academy Award. Yeah. <laughs> that is I mean this is this is getting more exciting by the by the actress. And the final actress that they've got listed here, Sana Lathan. Um we pronounce it Sanai Nathan, yes. <laughs> Sanai Lathan. So is, please don't tell me she's won a, an Academy Award. She has not. Uh, <laughs> and I feel bad for having to point that out, like, oops, sorry. But um oh, no, she won't be listening. she's not won an academy award she has done many many uh films and tv she did a great film called love and basketball she's in a tyler perry film called the family that prays um she's done so oh good hair i believe is the last film yes she's done quite a few things yes quite a few things well sadly i i tried to dig and find out how this went down or anything about it and i can't find anything except for reviews that add up to only three stars out of ten. <laughs> so, well, I don't think we missed much, Teddy. We did not miss much, but it was probably in the height of COVID and we had other issues like, you know, feeding our families and staying alive. So it may have gone I'll under the radar. Oh, <laughs> stop it. Don't try and excuse Regina King, Sani Lathan, Tracy Ellis Ross and Lena Waithe and... <laughs> Jesse Williams and Al- Jesse Williams, he's famous, isn't he? And Alfrey Alfrey Woodard. Alfrey Woodard. Woodard. You you <laughs> butchered all of their names. Every single one of them, you butchered their names. Like welcome to the fortress, the oh place where we Lord. know nothing about anyone. <laughs> wow. But so, look, you you must be like me, about to when we finish this podcast, go searching for it. I want to find it. Well, you know what? Here's the thing. When you gave me my homework yesterday about a reboot, I didn't want to be a complete uh, Debbie Downer about this. And although well, I so didn't far, want, you're doing well. I'm trying my best not to be, but you know, I am a Dorothy, <laughs> so I can't help it. Sometimes I suck the fun out of the room. Um, so I did think. So what did you do I, then? What did what did you come up with? I thought if I absolutely had to make a decision, if there were a gun pointed at my head. 
And by the way, I stand about uh, two meters plus. I'm about six foot five, as we say here in the States. Well, you know what, Ben, Teddy? I'll just have to hold a cheesecake at your crotch. <laughs> Anything to get me to bend over. It's not that difficult, actually, to be quite honest. Not only am I a Dorothy, I'm also a friend of Dorothy for that, you know, out of, out of date reference. But, um, oh, dear. So I decided if I absolutely had to do it. Okay, so allow me to go off on a bit of a tangent, if you don't mind. Please do. You said you're down in Australia, New Zealand, which? Oh, are you in Canada or the United States? I'm in the United States. Yeah, it's just as offensive. I'm not in New Zealand, and all our New Zealand listeners know I affectionately and patronisingly enjoy them to a degree. I'm in Australia, Teddy. Australia, because I know I've you know I read one of those. I correspond with people about the Golden Girls all over the world, so uh-huh. in my mind it sort of gets jumbled up. But I know that you were from you know down under somewhere, so I just wanted to be mm-hmm. certain. I, I'll, I'll just nurse my bruised ego here while you carry on. You're just fine. Your accent is better than mine. You're just fine. Don't worry. You'll be fine. Here in the States, we have a show called Norman Lear Presents. If you know, back in the day, in the 70s and the 80s, Norman Lear was sort of uh, the Ryan Murphy of today. Back then, he had all these iconic television shows, All in the Family, Maud, Good Times, The Jeffersons. He made all of those. Sounds like spin-off after spin-off. Those are the types of shows that all had a spin-off. Very much so. And he was in charge of all of them. And actually, B. Arthur, who obviously we know plays Dorothy, she got her start in television on a show called All in the Family, where she played Maud, which was then spun off to her own series called Maud. Oh my goodness, I am learning a lot. Obviously, I knew a lot about Maud, but I didn't know Maud was a spin-off. I knew it had the man from Different Strokes in it. Before he was in Different Strokes, correct, yes. Mm. And um, by the way, just as an aside, I was watching. <laughs> I was watching. I don't know why I find this so funny, but you know, in the eighties, if anyone ever got a head injury, they had to have that ridiculous bandage around yes. their forehead, almost yes. like a snow cone on top of it, <laughs> or a neck brace. Like it's just one of the two. Those were the two props for any injury above the neckline. Well, I was watching an episode of Different Strokes. I wouldn't say I was watching it. Actually, I don't want to be that shameful. I was. I had it on in the background. And he somehow acquired a head injury and lost his complete memory of all these kids. This is of adopting two black children. Yes. Yeah, like he wakes up in the bed with that bandage on his head, which had me like <laughs> so amused. And then, <laughs> and then he didn't recognise all the family standing around the bed. Of course. And not. Um, what was his name again, Mister Mister Drummond? Mister Drummond. And, and <laughs> the guy, the little dude who's the star of the show goes. What are you talking about, Mr. Drummond? <laughs> That's, so that bad. was his catchphrase of the 80s. Such a simpler time back then. You could just put oh, a bandage dear. on one's head and everyone knew, oh, yes, he has a concussion and amnesia. He has a bandage on his head. Of course he does. It was communicated to the audience. But you know what I found funny, Teddy? I know if I had watched that in the day, and I probably did, sitting there in my little pyjamas in front of a big cancer-causing <laughs> box, I probably wouldn't have found that episode even remotely funny, because Different Strokes was not funny at the best of times. But all these years later, I find it funny for a completely different reason. What's the reason? And do you know what's even funnier, Teddy? You were off on a tangent, and I've taken us off on a secondary tangent. And like Rose would say, I'd like to try to handle this. (laughs) Great call back to the Golden Girls. Look at that. Look at that. Circled back. Now I'm, I'm handing over the baton to you. 
Um, what are you talking uh, about again? <laughs> Norman Lear. Yeah, I had to backtrack. Yes, Norman Lear. Norman Lear, the creator of many great shows. Yes, he did. Um, before he passed away, he just passed away uh, late last year. He and nighttime talk show host Jimmy Kimmel, they would do these specials around uh, Thanksgiving or Christmas time called Norman Lear Presents, where actors of today would remake one of the episodes of his iconic television shows <gasps> of the 70s. Really? Yes. And they do it here each year before he passed away. And they've done uh, All in the Family. A whole episode. Well, they've done it three They've done it three years now. The entire episode. Wow. And it's with actors of today doing, you know, the TV shows. Well, now I'm intrigued. So they, Keep they've done now. All in the Family twice and they've done Good Times so far. Okay. So I thought of it this way. If I absolutely had to do a reboot of the Golden Girls, this way I would watch it. If it were just a one-time, one-night-only holiday special of a reimagining of the Golden Girls for one night, that I would do. I'd be happy with that. Well, what about this rumor that Jane Lynch and uh, Cindy Lauper, you know, Jane Lynch from Glee, and yes. Cindy Lauper of... Musical same. Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's only two. I assume they're not going to double up in their roles. But there was a rumour they were going to have a reimagined Golden Girls. Were you excited by that or were you disgusted? No, I'm never excited. Like I said, some things just don't need to be touched. I'm a huge fan of 80s television and they've already made a mockery of Dallas. They've made a mockery of Dynasty. They made a mockery of Melrose Place, the Beverly Hills Nara 2 and I'm good with the remakes. But if I had to watch a Golden Girls remake, it would be that one, you know, one-off Norman Lear Presents type thing. That would be okay. fine. That would be fine. But, I mean, the problem with that is you might really enjoy the episode and think, oh, I wish they'd make a whole series out of that. <laughs> Can I give you some scenarios, Teddy, and you help me build on them, even though you're a bit of a stick in the mud? But let's let's see how we can go here. Will you help me build on some storylines I've written here for a reimagined Golden Girls? Okay, and I'll let you know who I've casted in my reimagining. Okay, let's oh, do Oh, good, this. good, good. Yes, I haven't done any casting. Um, Goldie Horn keeps coming into mind, though. But anyway, I don't know who she'd play um, by the looks of her, Sophia. Um, oh, okay. Jesus. I'm sorry, but have you seen her without makeup at the beach? She's leading her most happy life. I don't think her most happy life includes makeup anymore. Oh, dear. Wow. Oh, stop it, Teddy. Don't. You're the out. I've seen your Facebook feed. It's more outrageous than anything I'm saying. Oh, poor Goldie Hawn. What has she ever done? Poor Goldie Hawn. (laughs) I'll tell you what she did. Private Benjamin. All right, here we go. Um, Overboard was worse, but all right. (laughs) Which one? Overboard. (laughs) I love Overboard. Oh, Oh, no. You're killing me, man. (laughs) Yeah. You and I really are chalk and cheese. All right, here's you've got to help me build. These aren't very fleshed out at the moment, but you've got your A storyline, your B storyline, all of yes. that sort of stuff, right? Yes. So in this episode, we're going to have um, Blanche's public and very loud support of Donald Trump embarrasses her golden girl friends. Ooh. So far, are you liking that? Mm, I'm listening. <laughs> Sophia and Blanche attend a Trump rally together. <laughs> okay and sophia can have one of those hands like she did with the pope yes that's exactly how i thought of it yes mm-hmm. <laughs> and already you're starting to see this is reimagined because to do that we're going to have to have more external scenes than we had in the original of which i think there are only two that i can recall should i keep going or are you disgusted 
I'm just trying to think of have there, have there been any more outdoor scenes, but please continue speaking. I'm listening. I'm just going well, through my the girls' Rolodex. Yes. Actually, let, let's do that. As I'm going through my Rolodex too, there's one where you don't see them. There's a car at the end of one episode where there's only voices, voiceovers. Yes, the, the Mercedes, yes. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right. When they take it for a ride before they have to give it back. Yes. Um, Rose in the car park. Yes, running from the gentleman before she knees him in the safety deposit box, correct? Yes. Yes, and my favourite little acting moment of all time when she turns around and goes, <laughs> <laughs> Is it wrong that I laugh at that still? Like, that thing's <laughs> <No>, always <laughs> given me the tickles, yes. <laughs> I know, because presumably, you know, hands get wrapped tightly around her neck afterwards, but still funny. <laughs> No, she handles a business, as we say here in the States, yes. She, she handles a business. Yeah. Dorothy, this is in back to my reimagining, Dorothy decides to undergo a radical makeover. Now, before I go further with this, Teddy, this is because I honestly have always wanted this episode. I always thought, why? Why wouldn't they have seized on this white-haired, you know, and they did all the the ugly jokes and all of that sort of stuff. So think about this. Dorothy decides to undergo a radical makeover, becoming a saucy brunette and learning that both men and women pay more attention to her when she has brunette hair. Okay, so there are going to be some Lebanese jokes. All right, all right. Okay, <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah? Don't you okay. think? Like, why, why didn't she ever run a rinse through that thing? <laughs> It was 80s in Miami. That's why she didn't ever go running through. So what is Rose doing? What's what's Rose doing? Oh, look at you. I I should withhold it now. Look, Teddy's intrigued, everyone. Have you noticed? He's he's shifted (laughs) from Debbie Downer to, oh, tell me more. Tell me more. I'm listening now. You have my undivided attention on this. These are all copyrighted, though. If they ever pop up in anything you're involved in, I'll know know what's happened. (laughs) Rose befriends a young musician, but she's shocked when she learns that he actually has a fetish for older women. women. Okay, so we have A, B, and C storylines. and I'm imagining a bit like a, a Justin Bieber type, you know, before he oh. was totally famous, just a little oh. bit famous, and she thinks he's just she's gone up to him and to say, I'm a fan, and he takes an interest, and she's quite besotted. Oh, look at that. He's, he thinks I'm cool. But then she learns he's got more on his mind. Well, well, well. Okay, so hmm. and maybe we could get a guest star in that. Who who could we get? Justin Bieber wouldn't wouldn't deign no. to climb down from his ivory tower for that. What do you, you need? Somebody who needs the work. So anyway, you, you, I've probably got too many storylines for one episode there, but I've got the makings of a series. That's what I think. That's true. That's this is easily a, a three episode arc. However, Thank I do you. like the Blanche attending a Trump rally because that seems right up her alley. You know, coming from, uh, you know, Georgia, where, where she's from originally. Um, you can see her coming back from the rally, can't you? Like Swanee th- swooning through the kitchen, fanning herself, going, "Oh, that man." <laughs> <laughs> she the the financial resources of a Mr. Donald Trump. Yes, I could see that. I could see Sophia going just for the shits and giggles of it. Exactly. That's to be I a troublemaker. Dorothy being absolutely horrified that her mother would go. So there's definitely a great scene between Dorothy, Sophia, and Blanche where they she just can't believe that they would even contemplate going to See, See it makes so much sense, doesn't it? Like, I love that you can see the thought that's gone into this because Dorothy would be like so horrified and disgusted. Yes, that both of them would do that. And She'd have a nice monologue 
you know, in the middle yeah. of the scene. Blanche yeah. would be swooning. Sophia would be like, oh, I just went because she promised to take me to Wolfie's after. <laughs> and in my mind, I would say Rose would be so happy and she'd be like, well, what's the big deal? I love him on that show 24 because she thinks this is Donald Sutherland, not Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. That is good. <laughs> That's gold. You can have that one. I can't copyright that because you just said it. I love it. <laughs> so, it's yeah, one that- episode where they go through like a monkey chain. But actually, funnily enough, it's I think it's Rose um, who's correcting somebody else, maybe Sophia. I'll have, to, I'll have to return to that thought. There's one where they keep saying the wrong name and they're certain that they keep linking wrong names. Anyway. Ah, uh, yes. When she's, she asks, who's the President Murray to? Yeah, like Barbara Bush or something? Or It's uh, Nancy Reagan. She's trying to say, but Rose gives her the first wife of Ronald Reagan, not the second one. Yeah. Right. And then it just monkey chains, doesn't it? It's quite fun. And, and because I'm not American, I probably wasn't picking up everything in that, but I still <laughs> found it amusing. Teddy, this is your turn. You told me that you had some actresses lined up to play the roles. For yes, for the one-off episode of you know Norman no, no, Lear no. presents the series now that you're becoming interested in. <laughs> what if I said you can have a five percent stake? I really don't want this, you know, mocked about. One one-off holiday special brought to you by Jimmy Kimmel. Great, that's it. What do you think, listeners? Teddy's just is he just stubborn for the sake of it? Because we all, we can all hear he's into this now, but he's just sticking to his guns. Leave me a comment. Time to talk Australia at outlook.com. Go on, Teddy, hit us with it. Who are these actresses for the one-off, in inverted commas? In the role of Sophia, uh, we have uh, American actress Marla Gibbs, who was you know best known for her roles on The Jeffersons and 227. She's actually okay. 90 years old, I believe. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so she, she wouldn't need the two hours in the makeup chair. She would not. And as they say in America, good black don't crack. So she she's great. She, she okay. still looks great. Marla Gibbs is Sophia. Uh, in the role of Blanche, we have American actress Jack Hay. She's known for her very sexy type roles in everything that she plays. So, <laughs> so a bit of typecasting doesn't go astray? Yes. Um, uh, in the role of Dorothy, we have Jennifer Lewis, who is also on Blackish. She's actually dubbed the mother of Black Hollywood because she's been in so many films and she always plays someone's mother. So, <laughs> not the lady from Dirty Dancing. No, no, that's Jennifer Grey. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was Jennifer Garner. No, that's the one from Flashdance. I oh, see you and I got to write together. This is too good. See now, you and I are monkey swinging. Now we're doing the bit from Sophia and Rose now. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> we're inspired. There's one more to go. Who else have you got? Um, American actress named Loretta Devine. She's another famous film star. She would play Rose because you know she's just sweet as pie. In any time you see her in an interview, she's always bubbly and sweet, and you know the world just loves her. So that would so be Dorothy my... would hate her. Yeah. <laughs> and rightly so. <laughs> and all of these women have acted with each other in other things, so the chemistry, you know, would be there. Gee, you've done your homework because these guys had all acted with each other beforehand too, besides, of course, Sophia. Well, when you gave him my homework yesterday, I said, no, who could you live with 
playing the Golden Girls just for one night because I really didn't want anyone. Listen, I'm a child of the 80s, if you couldn't tell. And what they've done to Dynasty, it, it literally, it's like herpes of the soul. Just, oh God, they've just ruined just one of the greatest, most campy shows ever. I didn't Ugh. even know they remade it, but I love the idea. I wish they had retitled it, Herpes of the Soul. Sounds intriguing. <laughs> oh my goodness. It's just like, it's like sleeping with two women and your choices are herpes and chlamydia. It's like you just know it's going to end badly, but you're forced to watch this. That's what the new dynasty is to me as a person who absolutely loved the original. So, well, tell me yeah. this. Did they, they didn't defrost Joan Collins for it, did they? And that's the bad part. Like, they didn't even ask her to guest star. Like, oh, what? Terrible. <laughs> You could have legitimized you could have legitimized it by just asking her to do a few episodes. No, she wants nothing to do with it. She's gone nowhere near it. And yeah, the part of Heather Locklear is now played by a gay man. It's just it's completely garb. It's rubbish. It's complete rubbish. Oh, some of that's just sacrilege. But Teddy, I do have an offer for you. Can can <laughs> can I make you an offer? I'm listening. How would you feel about playing a gay cook? Uh, yes, I, I could, I could play Coco. You only for have one to commit episode. for one episode. I could play Coco, but I would much rather play the wedding assistant because he has much sassier lines and yeah. Well, and the other advantage is that in 20 years time, you might not get pecked to death by vultures. <laughs> so let's and put I, you in the wedding planner role. I, I would love it. And I love the fact that I'm so tall and that I would call someone else stretch. Like, listen, stretch. <laughs> But yeah, I, as, I'm as, always surprised that they never brought him back because that really was – do you know how hard it would be to make an impact in a role like that with a cast like that on a beloved show like that? I know it was series one, I think. But still, it was – you know, these are remarkable actresses, yet he still stole the scene, didn't he? Well, you know, I know this is your program and I hate to disagree with you, but he has been in two episodes. They did bring him back. What? Yes, the first really? one was for Sophia's wedding, and the second one was when Dorothy was getting married. He played a wedding planner again when he says, take smaller steps. This is not Godzilla trashing Tokyo. Yeah, that that's him, his... was it? That I was love him. that line. I used that line once in a workplace, Teddy. <laughs> <laughs> so he played the same role twice on two different episodes, yes. But I often say, quiet, you trash, and people don't get it. Eat dirt and die, trash. <laughs> Isn't that what trash. she says? Something like that. Oh my! Yeah, she says both of those. She says one to Dorothy and then one to a hooker in another episode. Oh, yes. <laughs> Do you have any other favourite lines before we go? Oh, my absolute favourite line of all time, which I put in the Golden Girls chat room all the time. It's the um, the Libertine Bell episode. You know, the murder mystery weekend. Mm. <laughs> when uh, the spinster daughter named Gloria. Uh, looks at Dorothy and she simply says, this woman's pathetic. Now, I say that to my boyfriend all the time because, you know, he's my boyfriend and I can call him a woman. So whenever he does something that I find just a tad bit annoying, I will just turn to no one in the room and say, this woman's pathetic. And he totally gets it. It takes the piss out of the entire situation. We both laugh at it. And yeah, we have a, yeah. It's a good so. diffuser by the sound of I haven't used that one. I haven't. And I, I don't know if I've used many of them, but one of my favourites is the one that goes on all the mugs and the T-shirts. No, no, I won't have a nice day. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dorothy is usually so composed, but I love it when um, 
when she loses it. And also in, in my family, my, my kids don't watch the screen. They only watch me anytime Dorothy becomes physical. So when she does that little boxing thing at the end of one of the scenes with ah, the box. move, yeah, get the music. Come on, let's do, yeah. That <laughs> but especially when she dances in that black dress, I just, I don't think I've ever seen anything so funny. And then I watched the thing that wasn't on the Golden Girls where she danced, and I found it years later, so I was very delighted when she danced with Steve Urkel. That will just oh, put yes. me in a puddle on the floor because it's the um, American Comedy Awards. Yes, yes, yes. Hey, Teddy, have you enjoyed being in the fortress of pop culture? This has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting me. This has been a treat. I appreciate this. Uh, you know, I know you won't publicly acknowledge it, but I'm waiting for that private email from you in the next 48 hours that say, okay, you were right, Tim. <laughs> there should be a series. It should be reimagined. And I've now written down a whole chapter of ideas because that's what you're about to go away and do i like i like things the way they are there's no need to mock about with something that's just absolutely perfect and i personally i don't even think we needed the golden palace because the golden girls was just sort of it's like i love lucy just perfect just the way it is teddy you're a very negative person thank you for being a friend Travel the Sinatra concert. It's what? What, you, you, you've kept me on hold all this time to tell me that it is sold out? No, no, I will not have a nice day. Welcome to the fortress where Lee, Paul and I, we're a little bit worried our baby dragon, Igor, has swallowed a monopoly piece. And <laughs> things have become rather urgent because it's my favourite. It's the battleship. So, my friends, I'm afraid I might be in a very bad mood this morning. Is that okay with you, Liam Paul? Uh, yep. Go with it. Go with it. Live, live, live your life. It's good. You know, Paul and Lee, I used to play Monopoly with my dad, and he always beat me, probably because I'd always win. I, I did play it quite a lot as a kid, but... It, it was a bit of a trigger point, I think. It, it, it always made me a bit angry. Mostly because I always got ganged up on and bullied. So, and yeah, I, I did, you know, flip a few tables. <laughs> but everyone has, though, Paul. On a I couple mean, of times. Everyone has. This game is infuriating because it's the only game in the world where they've, they've created a game and then there are like 50 sets of rules. So whoever's losing adapts themselves to the set of rules that align with what yep. their objective is. And that ends up with flipped boards. We never agreed on that at the beginning. I can't believe it. It's <laughs> just terrible. I used to spend half an hour setting up the parameters of the game before I'd play with anyone as a youngster. <laughs> it was the, the game that was like the one that you went to the last if everything else failed um and it would go on for hours and hours and hours <laughs> yeah um, we all know you don't have an attention span I, right? no i and, and I, I used to always say i'll be the banker just so that I, <laughs> just so that i could steal money when nobody was looking because it got me so bored yeah 
See, uh, I was never clever enough to be the banker. I'm, I, I wasn't a very clever child, and I'm not a very clever adult. So, and th- this is not me putting me down. I, I know where my strengths lie, and you know, intelligence isn't really one of them. But they always knew. So it was always my family who I played with, like my my sister and my cousins and stuff. And they always knew how to, no matter what, drag the game out to torture me. So. I was never allowed to be the banker. There was always different rules thrown out there, and they knew I would never remember the rule from the last time. So I just absolutely hated playing the game because it always, always led to me ending up in jail, having to sell things just to get out of jail, just to go back into jail again. And I was just like, no, I'm staying away from jail. So I just went on to Kaplunk. I like games where you just, you know, you just press something yeah. or you pull something and something happens. I'm <laughs> all right with that. Yeah. Instant yeah. gratification, hungry yeah. hippos, that yes. kind of stuff. Yeah, <laughs> forget your monopoly with all the complicated rules and tiny houses and but little things. Yeah, I do have a question, though. So, did you always pick a specific piece? So, like mine was, I always liked being, <laughs> strangely enough, the dog. Um, I would never have wanted to be anyone's bitch, so I never. <laughs> it was always, always the battleship for me. <laughs> Uh, I always went for the tiny top hat because I used to do a little dance with the like da, 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 da. that was the, that was the only only reason that I chose it or the iron because then when I was bored I could iron the, the money when I wasn't listening. I didn't get you know, the iron being something because I didn't really think many people enjoyed ironing. I can tell you I didn't just get into trouble as a child with this game. As an adult, my then wife caught me cheating while we were playing Monopoly and you guys, you, you don't even want to know, she chucked the dice across the room as soon as she noticed me fingering her sister. Oh. oh. <laughs> Scandalous. <laughs> and I recently bought the Sharia Law version of Monopoly. I mean, it's pretty much the same as the standard version except if you're a woman, you're not allowed to own property. Ooh. Really? Is that, is that genuinely? Is that genuinely true? <laughs> well, it is, Lee. You don't get sent to jail. You get sentenced to a stoning. Oh, oh my goodness! Oh, <laughs> I didn't realize this was going to go all controversial. <laughs> Pulls out of here. He's going. Oh, I don't want any part of this? <laughs> get me Again, out of the room. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not intelligent enough to say anything that would actually convict me. So, at the end of the day. Well, look, I tell, I tell the listeners are probably wondering what the hell we're all rabbiting on about. We're here to talk about the proposed changes to Monopoly. Toy company Hasbro has announced that it is updating its popular board game. For the first time in 85 years, all 16 of the famous community chest cards are being changed to appeal to a more modern audience. And actually, let's just call them what they are, the Woke Brigade. So the prompts on these yellow cards, they include things currently about having to pay $50 for a doctor fee or winning $10 for coming second in a beauty contest. Those are the types of cards that they're replacing. They're talking about the new cards uh, that will require players to pay for donating to an animal shelter, for God's sake, failing to recycle the trash, or not choosing to shop locally. You will be fined. How bad is this? Um, like, don't get me wrong, I'm all about the planet. Love the planet, don't want people to litter and things like that, but please, come on. Like, who who even thought to themselves, right, okay, what we need to do is we need to update 
our game so that it is so politically correct, so that it is so humanitarian. <laughs> it's a game, and then no one likes playing the game, and you've even got like a billion different versions of this game, Star Wars, Lego. You've had to change this game up to try and appeal to so many people. Your game is rubbish. <laughs> They've got Pokemon, Lord of the Rings, City Edition, the World Edition, my favourite, the Electronic Banking Edition. <laughs> oh, I want to know, though, t- tell me this, Paul and Lee, where's the Jeffrey Epstein Edition? Ooh. I mean, you managed to evade the bankruptcy square by sitting on a little private island in the middle of the board, but then you ultimately end up in jail unless you pick up the Prince Andrew and America. Oh, oh. <laughs> That's so con- <laughs> so controversial. But um, you know what? <laughs> it's only a matter this of is, time. This is what Hasbro said in a statement. They said, covering topics like beauty contests, holiday funds, and life insurance, there's no denying that the Monopoly game's community chest cards are long overdue for a refresh. So we thought that we would help because they actually are having a competition, Hasbro, or a questionnaire or whatever. They're, they're reaching out to the community for ideas for their community chess cards. Give us some some of the ideas that you've got, um, Lee, for your community chess cards. Just, just give us one. We'll pepper them through this conversation, I think. Oh, I'm going to go with go back so many spaces or give so much money to the, to the bank because you've had botched Botox. <laughs> <laughs> Your face is sagging to the left. Yeah, $10. yeah, yeah. You've had an adverse reaction to chemical fillers, and it's not good. It is not good. No. Your blood facial went wrong. I yeah. love it. Awesome. Go on, Paul. Oh well, see, I've I've just completely restructured the whole game. If I'm perfectly honest, so because well obviously all these the scope. Of, yeah, I know. Well, I know. Well beyond the scope of what you were asked to do, but I, I know. But I just, I get an idea in my head and I just have to go with it. So basically, um, I don't know whether, well, I know Lee watches it, but like Drag Race is quite a big thing for mm. us UKs and ours has just finished. Like our series, And I think Australia is getting the first season coming up soon. So I'm giving a big old shout out to RuPaul and all of his producers and whatever. You can thank me for this and you can uh, give me some money. But if there isn't already... RuPaul's Drag Race Monopoly board. And here's where we start. So you have your four main corner posts. And you know you start with go. So that's where everyone starts. We're going to change that to start your engines and receive a tip of $200. um, Because that is just, you know, where everybody starts. Where the jail is, it is now going to be classed as the bin. Because nobody wants to get in the bin. But also, once you get out of the bin, because sometimes you get like a get-out-of-jail-free get card, you're going to get a get-out-of-the-bin-free card. It's just going to be classed as the workroom. Then in the next corner, where it was free parking, it's going to be the main stage, because, you know, you'd have to pay anything for that. And then the go-to-jail square will be getting the bin. So them are your four main, them are your four main squares. I'm, gonna let, I'm just going to let you digest that for a little second. And, and, you Thank know, you. I have figure, a feeling you've been out. thinking way too much about this. <laughs> <laughs> and he's a very big fan of drag race and if you're yeah. not a fan yeah. of drag race you won't be following this at all no you, no yeah. you, and you in, the, in the uk getting the bin is 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 a very relatively new way of kind of dissing somebody it's yes like you, you oh. need to get in the bin yeah kind of yeah oh. get in the trash like instead of getting get in the, the trash yeah 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 or get in the gutter so, so whatever your 
whatever your term is for just basically you, you are bashing someone you're like right i don't like you getting the bin you, you so would use it, that is it is it used in a fun way or a highly offensive way um well should i say it to my grandmother i no. do you like her <laughs> not really no she can get okay. in the bin yeah yeah <laughs> Okay, I'll try it out and see what happens. And are you meant to say, what sort of tone do you adopt? Like, tell me, I'll, I'll, I'll give it a go. Tell me if I'm wrong. Get in the bin. Um, right, so my recent get in the bin for someone, it, it usually is like social media because, you know, everything happens oh. on there. And um, no, no, like, I will happily say it to people's faces. That's not a problem. But for the likes of things like Piers Morgan, massive controversial. Um, but I just don't like him anyway. And he can always, no matter what, get in the bin. And if I ever see him, I'll just be like, oi, Morgan, get in the bin. The, the, one of my favourite GIFs is um, um, there's an actual GIF with it where there's a, a trash, like a huge big trash can with somebody being thrown into it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it just says, get in the bin. Yeah. <laughs> it reminds me of Mr. Bean where he runs through the park with the bin <laughs> on top of his head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Except, you know, we, we choose to put people in the bin, you know, right. just, just get in Understood. the bin. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to try and use it at work tomorrow. I'll tell you if I've still got a job. By the uh, the <laughs> Just be careful who you use it on. <laughs> Sometimes amateurs know best, and a lack of professionalism is all you'll hear on the Time to Talk show. Join Tim and his panel of guests as they wade their way through a range of news, music, and pop culture treats. Time to Talk. The show hosted by amateurs for unprofessional listeners. This is really interesting to me. I, honest to God, didn't know this. The game's little-known inventor, Elizabeth Maggie, would no doubt have made herself go directly to jail if she'd lived to know just how influential today's twisted version of her game had turned out to be. Because the version she made in 1866 was railing against the norms of the time, essentially, and she was trying to make a statement. She was unmarried, into her 40s. She was independent, very proud of it, and she made her point with a publicity stunt. Taking out a newspaper advertisement, she offered herself as a young woman American slave (laughs) for sale to the highest bidder. Her aim, she told the shocked readers, was to highlight the subordinate position of women in society. And this is a quote from her, we are not machines, girls have minds, desires, hopes and ambition. So it gives you a flavour of the woman, but she's an activist and she's someone that we should all be proud of way ahead of her time. She invented a game to make her social point and in 1904 she patented the game and she called it the Landlord's Game. Now, laid out on that board as a circuit, which was very novel at the time, it was populated with streets and landmarks for sale, but the key innovation of her game lay in there were two sets of rules. So you could play it under the prosperity set of rules or the monopolist set of rules. This is where she's trying to make her point. Do you want to be in a society where we live by prosperity rules or monopolist rules? So uh, under the prosperity rules, which of course she favoured, every player gained each time someone acquired a new property. Every player gained. The game was ultimately won by everyone when the player who had started out with the least amount of money had doubled it. Sounds a bit boring, but I mean, yeah. it's, 
<laughs> it's I mean, very, it's, it's, yeah, it's very worthy and, no, and very worthy. well done, her. But yeah. you know, where are the hippos that are eating things? <laughs> where, where is the thing that explodes? That's what we want from a game. I mean, I am quite like taken back with how old this game is. Like, there's me just thinking it was made in the sixties or something. It's like actually been going going for such a long time. Let me tell you one of my community chess cards that I came up with. Ooh. Um, from sale of stock, you receive $45. But if you're Danny Minogue, receive nothing. How much <laughs> stock did you move? Do you know, there is, there is a long-running harshness with, with Tim and Danny Minogue. And, oh, um, no. You know, I love Danny Minogue. I do as well. No. We're, we're, not, we're not happy with that. Perhaps it could be you win um, a full range of her 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 walmart clothing oh it's qvc um, isn't it she's just done something for qvc over here <laughs> oh my god skipping back to wigan so she had a baby with a guy that was a rugby player from wigan and she oh. <laughs> she actually met i think his mum worked on the indoor market which i insulate in no one's indoor market but he's come from a very working class background and i just love the fact that she picked up with someone from wigan um and she could have you know got any kind of celeb she wanted to but she chose she chose someone down to earth and i like well that. you know paul there's another link between Danny Minogue and Monopoly. When they were kids, Kylie used to, you know, deliberately shuffle the cards so that that second prize in the beauty contest was always picked up by Danny. Oh, the shade of it all. I think that's terrible. <laughs> so initially, when I heard this, I was like, oh, yeah, here we go again. It's woke. We we just had the news, haven't we, that Mr. Potato Head is no longer going to be called Mr. Potato Head. Oh. It's just going to be called Potato Head. Um, oh, you're joking? So, yeah. You can still get Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head, but but Potato Head will be <laughs> will just be the, the name that it goes under. So I was like thinking, oh, you know, <laughs> ridiculous. Um, but then reading it, I'm kind of, kind of on board with it. You know, it... Did does need updating um, to to reflect modern times. Um, if you're somebody who likes Monopoly, that's great. Um, yeah. I would rather chew my own nails off my feet um, oh. than play Monopoly. Because um, it was a just... photograph of you doing that on page three <laughs> of the sun, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It's haunted <laughs> me for all of my life. Um, so Why yeah, your career I'm, never got yeah, off the ground. Yeah, never. Yeah, I, I yeah, I, I I have friends who absolutely love it. Um, I've been to adult games nights. Oh, where. When I say adult games night, there was no kind of sexual stuff going on. I have to, you know, it's just oh. adult playing games, uh, board games, and um, there was the, there was an infamous Monopoly game that went on for six hours until no. five a.m. in the morning, no. um, where finally the two players ha- that were left had different views of the rules and would not budge on them. So it, they were just sat there for hours going, well, you can't do that because that's not in the rules. And the other person was going, well, no, you can't do it because it's not in the rules. Um, and in the end, I think I flipped the table over. Just yeah. I, was, I, was, I was sleep deprived and I wanted to go home. Um, yeah. No, I'm sorry. Well, the unexpected like, twist at the end of that story. If like. anyone is ever going to make me play this game ever again, booze will play a heavy feature into it i'm not playing it for six or seven hours unless i'm getting drunk so no 
<laughs> However, you did spend six or seven hours preparing new chants and community well, cards, which is awesome. <laughs> Have you got I, some more to share with us? Actually, it only took me about 25 minutes because once I got started, I got a bit excited. So I've got more with, <laughs> I got more with the chance cards. So like with your chance cards, you always had – it was always at risk, wasn't it? Like whether mm. you um you got like a good one or a bad one. So I have a couple of good ones. So again, RuPaul's Drag Race related. You win the mini challenge. Here is a voucher for wigs. Drag queens love wigs. They need wigs. They survive off wigs. So that's a good prize, I think. And then you slid the reading challenge. So for anyone who hasn't watched the RuPaul's Drag Race, like just, in fact, just go on YouTube or whatever and just like type in reading challenges, blah, 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 blah. You will get the gist. It is hilarious. Well, some of them are like, you know, boring, but a lot of them are really, really good. And then my third one would be like, your runway was an extravaganza. Here is like $7,000. And then you get to get, you know, like obviously fake money, but you get the money that way. You don't have to like do like, things that make you think about stuff you just win it because you got that card that's the chance in life that you need uh, and they also I, I do have some that are like you know where you lose money but I, I will save those but we'll get back to those Lee, I'm loving Paul. How good is he? He oh. is really good for into this. this just, like, just like to point out, as if you haven't already guessed, Paul is homosexual. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> Excuse me? Um, <laughs> you know, if in case you were wondering with the whole RuPaul um, thing. Uh, <laughs> well, because Paul clearly hasn't listened to the show. Usually we just flop in and just we don't know what we're talking about. No one's done any research. He's really put thought into this. It's the first time I've heard someone who's put thought into this podcast yeah. in months. I've actually I'm dodged so doing work <laughs> because I should have been focusing on stuff that I need to do for tomorrow. And I was like, no, actually, my, my focus now is going to be on changing the rules to Monopoly. But I don't know if they still do that. Well, it's not a game for kids, is it? Let's let's really, really be honest. It isn't a game for kids. But they aimed it towards it being a family <laughs> a family thing. And it just wasn't. It just wasn't. Like, unless you were a clever child, then no, it weren't going to work. Well, here's the test, Paul. So it was. it's designed for, you know, adults to teach kids about some of the principles of life i suppose what what principles did you take away from this game what did you learn i learned very quickly that people are awful no matter how close (laughs) you think you are to them and you know what sleep with one eye open because you might think you are screwing me over by taking all of my money but guess what your dolls and your barbies are going to get shaved heads (laughs) maybe melted in the fire See who's laughing then. <laughs> I, I, I learned that extortion is fun. Um, <laughs> and cheating's fun by the And cheating you pays and your dividends. Hand. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, uh, I'm gonna give you some I'm gonna give you a couple more of mine. Um, you can pick up a community chess card. You have been made the manager of a call center. Proceed to <laughs> India. And yeah. there's another one. You have won a dinner with Jerry Halliwell. Visit her on Old Kent Road. <laughs> uh, wow. I think, she lives in the country. I think she lives in the country now. So, <laughs> Old Kent Manor then. <laughs> yeah. um, here's another one. If you were born after 2002, cancel everything and end the game. <laughs> Just stop. Stop it now. <laughs> Yeah. Stop. End it. Yeah. Everything's too offensive, too yep. rude. Yep. Can't yeah. say anything. 
pack it up miss, and recycle miss, it. Recycle it. Yeah. <laughs> miss a turn after you get food poisoning from a delicious tofu vegan treat. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> this is the woke version, right, Lee? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. Another one of the cards. You discover you're actually Bill Gates. Pay no tax for the <laughs> remainder of the game, but pretend to donate to free parking. <laughs> There's so many ideas. They Men, just go yeah, on and on and on. They do. And some of them perhaps not as politically correct as we, we thought um, they could be. I came up with, um, you are a member of the royal family who has invented um, a specific treatment for non-sweating. Um, please, please. <laughs> Um, you've changed the course of history. I don't, I don't, I don't think that. Yeah, is 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 necessarily. It's current, but it's not necessarily woke. No, no. Don't go to jail. Exonerate yourself. I love it. <laughs> don't go to jail. Go to Pizza Express. <laughs> In Woking or something. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, they're going to be wondering. Everyone's going to be asking, where's Paul? Where's Paul? And months later, he'll reemerge with his version of Drag Race Monopoly. <laughs> And he'll trump us all. He'll trump us all. He'll be the richest man in. Yeah. What, where are you from again? Wogan. I'm, I'm from from Wigan. 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 Yep. I like Sorry, Auckland that, that better. Just, that sounds yeah, more exciting. It, it does sound a bit more exciting. <laughs> hey Lee and Paul, you have been awesome. I hope that you're going to come and join me for next week's episode, where we'll be talking about the Michael Jackson version of Operation. <laughs> I didn't see that one coming. I, I really, really didn't. didn't know what was going to happen right <laughs> You're listening to Time to Talk.